Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. And in case you were not aware of it, this is North America's only show dedicated to equipment used to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. And then, as I always tell you, the following week, it is available, that episode is available as a podcast at FarmMachineryDigest.com or most major podcast hosting sites. And that is really an important fact, especially with the topic we're going to have on the show today. We had a gentleman that reached out to me with a a neighbor that has a problem with a John Deere combine, and that person does not have Sirius XM. So uh, that is why we do that. We list it as a podcast, so anybody who has internet access, granted one week later, all right, you'd have to wait to hear that episode, and hopefully, God willing, we will be able to help him today over the airwaves of rural radio. But I got a couple of things I want to... uh, First of all, hopefully, God willing, everything is going well with you guys. Uh, I know there's so many big farm shows going on. And, you know, being in New Jersey and farming in New Jersey, that's the problem, is that everything is so far away. And also being a sweet corn grower, this is kind of, for a lot of guys, you know, and uh, this is like their dead time, right? The crop is starting to mature. You're probably not going to put any more fungicide or anything on it. And you could go out to Nebraska or to Illinois or someplace a farm show and lots of times you don't even live that far away but over here being a sweet corn grower we're going into our harvest and uh, fresh market sweet corn and i have to honestly say so far we've been blessed and i'm not taking anything away from that blessing but you never know you could get a hailstorm or you could get a 60 mile an hour straight line wind and then it flattens everything but considering how the year started out the growing season, I should say, started out bone dry. My first planting uh, took 26 or 27 days to come up. My last planting, four days. So that shows you, as I said a few weeks ago, what the difference of heat and water makes for seed germination, and specifically pre-Madonna sweet corn like I have. But what I do want to do is give a, a couple of shout-outs and some good news and uh I was uh, contacted by a couple of listeners to both the podcast and the radio show, the Idle Chatter podcast, and hopefully, God willing, in the near future, I will have both of these gentlemen on my On the Road podcast. And if you don't know what that is, uh, it's independent of SiriusXM Rural Radio Channel 147. It's a podcast where I feature uh, those that individuals that are passionate about either what I say farming or firing orders. And firing orders means machinery. It could be cars. So there's car people on there, there's farmers on there, and there's farmers that are car people on there, or machinery people. So hopefully, God willing, these two gentlemen will be on an on the road podcast very, very soon. But first, I want to give a big old shout out to Justin Forsee. And uh, Justin is a great guy. I'm looking forward to doing an on-the-road show with him after I get done with Harvest. And he is he actually lives in, in southern New Jersey, but he hails from, or his family hails from Alabama. 
and he went a couple of weeks ago down to his family's farm in Alabama, and he sent me some gorgeous, gorgeous sunset pictures from, from the farm there, and a beautiful rainbow, and just fantastic, beautiful. And I just love seeing those pictures of God's creation and uh, beautiful sunsets. Sunsets and sunrises are spectacular, all right? And uh, the rainbow is beautiful over the farmhouse. And he also brought home with him, and and he sent me pictures of that, brought it all the way, dragged all the way back from Alabama. And I don't know the full story on it yet, but we will get it on the podcast. A uh, old Ford 1100. Uh, which was a smaller diesel tractor. Uh, he said it was. They were made between 1979 and 1985. The thing only has 490 hours. It's gorgeous, absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And he brought it home to New Jersey, and uh, and it's just a beautiful little tractor. I'm sure it must have been in the family since brand new. And uh, he brought it home here to southern New Jersey. So I'm interested in learning about that. And I want to learn and I want to thank you, Justin, for those beautiful, beautiful pictures of those of that Alabama sunset. Right. And they're inland. So they're not near the water. They're not near the ocean. So it's inland Alabama. I don't know the town, though. If he did tell me, I don't recall it. So I apologize for that. And then I also want to give out a big, I want to give a big congratulations. So congratulations to Justin and congratulations to both John and Amanda Arts. Now they have a, they farm up in British Columbia and John has sent me so many beautiful pictures of his operation in the area. It's some of God's finest handiwork is in that area of British Columbia. But most importantly, John and Amanda, they sent me a picture just it only happened the, the night before so it was metaphorically fresh off the press the picture and both he and amanda got baptized in harrison lake in british columbia so what a wonderful wonderful thing to be baptized together as husband and wife and what a gorgeous gorgeous setting so my my wife charlotte and i are so happy for you john and amanda in your baptism into the family of christ and may God bless you both in your family and your farm and your beloved Canada. So thank you so much for sharing that wonderful, wonderful news with me and allowing me to share that with my audience. So all right, what we got to do is I'm long again, as always, right? So we're going to take a short, short break, and then we're going to get into the topic of today's show at that John Deere Combine. But never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but what profits on reliability? Sirius XM's Rural Radio. The agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. Your information. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. Your channel. We explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. The agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. Sirius XM 147 and on the SXM app. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the food ways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, 
Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. This week on Rural Radio, Channel 147. Range Days Rodeo is one of the top rodeos in the Badlands circuit, and it all comes your way Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern from Rapid City, South Dakota. And then we move on to Kennewick, Washington for the Horse Heaven Roundup. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Rural Radio on Sirius XM is your home for the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Tune in this week to Rural Radio, Channel 147, and listen anytime on the SXM app. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for it. Tickets available on johnwayne.com or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Proper protocol, I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. Alrighty, a little bit of a backstory here. Uh, a, a, a listener slash reader, I don't really know uh, whether this gentleman listens to the podcast, the uh, radio show, maybe both, or and visits my website. I tend to think that he uh, listens to one of the shows and visits my website. So for you to contact me, you don't have to do any of that, all right? I mean, obviously, I would love for the education to be able to go to you, but don't feel under an obligation. And also, I should have said before the break, if you have any pictures that you want to send me, your farm, the beautiful, your beautiful sunrises, sunsets, your beautiful farm, your animals, your family, your fa- attractor. Please, I would love to see it. That you just send it to Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. So this gentleman and his uh, name is Max. Sh- uh, Sh- I guess it's Schooner. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. So what I'll do is I'll read you the letter that he wrote to me. It's very short. I won't uh, cut anything out of it because I may mess up the letter in which I do. And then I'll elaborate on it and we'll go from there. So he writes, Dear Ray, I farm in Maryland. And he puts in parentheses, Delmarva. For those, we have listeners all around the country, all around North America, and there's a podcast around the world. The Delmarva region is a very rich agricultural region. And it's, it's where the three states come together. Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. So it's called, they call that the Delmarva area. So that's why he told me that. And um, that um, that one high-yield guy is always on TV and everything. She's like, his name eludes me at the moment, farms in the Delmarva, the high-yield corn guy. All right, but anyway. So he goes, thank you for your interesting articles about engines, cars, trucks, machinery, etc. My neighbor this summer, here's the important part, started to have trouble with his combine, where when the grain tank approached full, a sensor would go off. And then he has in parentheses that I think it was a temperature sensor related to the hydraulic system. All right, so that's the that's a little bit of an issue there. We'll have to discuss that. And then when the grain tank was unloaded, the sensor alarm would go off. Well, he consulted his dealership where the speculation went towards a common ground. So he calls me up this past week to say he caught the tail end of a successful farming episode where you may have talked about just that subject. I am looking for an airing of that segment of the show but can't find it. 
and then uh, that sensor is almost driving him crazy. So basically, he reached out to me for his neighbor. And uh, just so you understand, if you weren't aware of it, for six or seven seasons in a row, I was the successful farming. They called me the SF Engine Man, and that show aired on uh, RFD TV. And uh, <clears throat> and I was uh, used to do these segments, the three or four minute segments. And uh, I, I, the show no longer exists on TV. I guess they're playing reruns, uh, and that's how he caught this. All right, so they may be up on YouTube. I honestly don't know. I don't pursue that. And I would only be a segment in an episode. But I think they pulled out the, the Engine Man segments and listed them separately. But regardless, I, 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 spoke, I, I got back to this gentleman. I'm going to call him Max. I'm, well, Schooner. And I uh, sent him a link from my website that has an article on checking ground circuits. And then I also told him that the radio show last week was about that and that's why i said it's important for it to be listed as a podcast so that somebody who doesn't have serious xm world can go back and listen to it again that's why i do that because it's education and education is only you know anybody right you, you learn something and then if you don't really have a need for it, that particular point all right you kind of say oh, i remember something about that but when you have a need for it then it becomes more uh I don't want to say transparent, more important, right? So anyway, <clears throat> so that's what that is, and that's why we do that. We list that as a podcast afterwards. All right, so now the thing is that what I'm going to do is I am going to use his letter. Uh, I doubt very much with the information I have here that I'm going to be able to give give his neighbor, Mr. Schooner's neighbor, much direction, but independently of this, I did reach out to him, sent him those links, and I sent him my cell phone number, and I said, even though we're in Harvest, I would be more than happy to help his neighbor as much as I could over the telephone. And, you know, in the industry, we call that phone fix, and usually <clears throat> those are, at best, you could steer the person into the right direction. All right, so now let's and Mr. Schooner, if you're listening to this, and your neighbor, please don't uh, don't take any offense to it because uh, I'm just being real. Well, first of all, number one, with this letter, uh, it's a very, very nice letter, but he is not sure whether it's a hydraulic temperature sensor or not, and the way the letter is written, so I do not know if it's a sensor saying that the grain tank is full, and it's not full, all right, or... It or that the level in the grain tank is putting off a, hydro, a sensor saying that the hydraulic system is overheating. All right, and that's that's you know that's, that's like saying, well, I'm raising corn or I'm raising soybeans. What's the story here? So uh, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying this all respectfully. So what I'm going to do, but since I don't have a wiring diagram or have anything for that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to think talk this with you. And we discussed ground circuits, I said, a couple of weeks ago on the show. And this very well may be a ground circuit problem. It may not be a ground circuit problem. And I'm going to give you some idea of how you would approach this. And really, when you come to diagnostics with anything, not just a sensor on a combine, you really have to have the proper a protocol, the proper approach, all right? Just like cutting down a tree. You have an experienced tree guy coming, he looks and says, no, I'm going to cut it this way, I'm going to tie it off this way, this is what I'm going to do, or, or whatever. And uh, probably the best example in the world is a beaver, right? Because a beaver, the Army Corps of Engineers, 
you know, says that uh, when a beaver builds a dam, it works 100% of the time. When the Army Corps of Engineers doesn't build a dam, it don't work all the time. And a beaver go and he can look at a tree and he knows where he wants it to fall and he will fell that tree where he wants it. So it's very important. And that's one of, <clears throat> if you happen to catch a show, the, the show a couple of weeks back, I was talking about a higher level of education. And really, this show is based upon an education of diagnostics and how things work. I'm not teaching you how to take a take a a, 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 a bearing out of a combine, right? We can't do that, but it's your mechanical sense that will teach you how to do that. You say that approach the job. So just like you will approach coming into a field. And the thing is that in diagnostics really is based upon an approach. Now, first of all, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and you know I'm a straight shooter. I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, that's the only way I know how to be. Is that on today's equipment, unless you have something blatantly obvious with it, like like the I always say, like a nail and a sticking out of a tie is oh, there's the flat tire. Or like I had a back in the first day of planting a, a deer antler through my front tire on a tractor well that's you know it's very apparent that's where the air is coming out where the antler is sticking out of it so unless it's something very apparent and that's why then you are probably going to be at a loss without some test instrumentation even if it's only a digital a multimeter and a wiring diagram but the first the first step in any diagnostics for anything right is to do a good visual and maybe a tactile touching the touching inspection all right so the thing is that you have to look at everything because if you have let's say you have a broken wire you say well this isn't working and this is putting and then you look oh look you get underneath the truck the track that a combine whatever it might be your your heating system your so say, look here's a broken wire here well you know you you pick the whole the low hanging fruit first what's very obvious you don't do and i said this on a podcast the other day on my idle chatter podcast you don't become a, a, a machinery hypochondriac oh well maybe the motor is blown up no maybe it's out of gas that's why it's not running all right so the thing is you do a, a visual and tactile inspection now regardless of which sensor it is but i'm going to give you some just diagnostic thought process because that's all i could do at this particular point and if this gentleman does reach out to me and i have more information i will bring you up to date on a later show but what you really need to do without a wiring diagram, without diagnost- without some, I don't say diagnostic protocols, without something to go by, you're shooting into the wind. But what you have to look at here is that let's say that, you know, this combine is putting this, putting this light on, whatever it may be, because the letter is not clear, as I said, uh, that when it's, when the, when the uh, hopper is half full, all right? So now when, so we have to look at what is exactly happening when the hopper is half full all right so we have to look at what and you have to think it you most of diagnostics after you do a visual and tactile inspection maybe look at a wiring diagram is based upon what you thinking about okay what's happening when it's half full all right is is the weight of this doing something or what have you now the thing is that can a sensor failure of course it can can a sensor fail when the 
due to uh, the bin, the hopper being in, in the combine half full? Well, it can, but if it's recognizing that it's half full and this is triggering a, a domino effect of a problem, all right, then you have to stop and think and say, what is happening when it's half full? What is going on here? What is it doing? What The weight of it being half full, the level of it being half full, what 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 is happening all right now the thing is that after this visual inspection then what you would need to do is have a wiring diagram and look at this and say all right fine then this particular instance it's unsure whether it's a sent which sensor it is and what is it triggering but we have to look at it <clears throat> and we have to say okay fine where is this wire going well yeah we did i said do a tactile inspection and i'm not saying you rip the whole machine apart but what you want to do is you want to look did a mouse eat this wire someplace over the winter is there a corroded connection here right now even though i'm a very big proponent of checking grounds and as i said last week on the show you have to do a voltage drop test on a ground circuit to check it but keep in mind that lots of times you, well, I shouldn't say that. Almost every time, a sensor circuit is a very low voltage circuit. So you could have something as as ridiculous as a diode going weak in the alternator. I'm not saying that it is. All right, in the alternator, and it's feeding an unrectified AC, and then you go and you say, and it's and it's it's tricking the system into putting that line. You say, well, how is that doing it? No one on this earth will be able to tell you that, because electricity is funny. It follows the path of least resistance, and you don't know how it's going to trigger. But when you have something that's very strange or bizarre, but maybe this isn't strange or bizarre because this gentleman is not sure whether it's a, a temperature sensor for the hydraulic system. Well, if it's a temperature sensor for the hydraulic system, well, that's going to put us in a different direction. Do we have a, n- a nutrient deficiency? Or do we have, I mean, do we have a nitrogen deficiency? Or do we have bor- or, or do we have boron toxicity? Completely different thing. Am I having a heart attack or am I having a headache? So, so you really need to have the proper, proper information. So just hold Pat during the short break, and we're, gonna, we're going to uh, finish up this uh, diagnostic protocols. Rural Radio is the first and only national radio channel serving rural Americans on Sirius XM. Nowhere else on radio can you catch Western sports every single day, making Rural Radio the undisputed leader for Western sports coverage. Between our coverage and downloading the Cowboy Channel Plus app, you'll have access to any major Western sports news and events 24-7. Rural Radio Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. The Cowboy Channel Bar and the Cowgirl Channel Speakeasy, located in the historic Fort Worth Stockyards, is the first ever bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch live rodeo on one of the 11 televisions, including the 2023 National Finals Rodeo. Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic Speakeasy on the weekends. Located right under the Fort Worth Stockyard sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today. From Kansas to Ohio, that's where you'll find Pivot Bio. From the Mississippi Delta and the Chesapeake, Nebraska and the hills of Tennessee. Proving on thousands of fields across this great land. When you work the 
ground till the sun goes down. Pivot Bio's got a plan. Green plants in a healthy land use our predictable nitrogen. Wherever farmers grow, yeah, that's where we go. American farmers and ranchers know that weather can have a big influence on the markets. That's why our weather team at RFD-TV is committed to bringing you accurate agricultural-based forecasts that affects our lands and livestock from coast to coast. You named RFD-TV the most accurate and trusted source for commodities information as it happens, and we can help you prepare ahead for major storms and weather-related events. Join us every morning on the Market Day Report, weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD-TV. All right, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. We've only got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to paint this scenario for you. It's a crazy scenario, and I'm not saying that it is as accurate, all right? But let's say this combine has a weak ground circuit, all right? And let's say that this is a, a, a warning that's going off for hydraulic system temperature. Let's say it's that, all right? Now you say to yourself, well, how the heck can this go on? How can the, 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 the product, I'm assuming at this particular point, he's, I don't, maybe he's harvesting wheat. I mean, down there he could be harvesting corn this time of year. But I don't know, but whatever the crop is, okay? The thing is, you just say, well, how can that do that if it's a weak ground? And I'm, I'm saying, I'm, this is a scenario. I don't want you to say, take this to the bank, all right? The fact of the matter is that the level of crop in the hopper can very well provide an artificial ground path on a piece of equipment like this instance a combine just like i was talking a few weeks ago about finding a ground through an through engine coolant all right if there's a weak ground and it could be when the so you have to remember is that the more product that you have in the hopper the more crop that's harvested and goes into the cropper that would be akin if it this is happening that would be akin to having a wire with more strands so at one particular point right then it could be finding a ground actually through the crop if it's a bad ground circuit and the only way you're going to check this is to have this have to do a voltage drop test on the ground circuits that's what you're going to have to do you're going to have to locate them all right the thing the thing basically is now let's say it is a hydraulic issue all right but the first thing that you'd have to do is confirm whether the output of that sensor is accurate maybe it's a simple hydraulic temperature sensor and you say to yourself well why is it going off when it's half full who knows maybe when it takes the combine that long running the reel to get the crop half more or less half full in the bin is when it sets a false code all right because the temperature sensor is skewing i don't know but then he says when he empties the bin the light goes off well to me that looks more like a ground circuit but at this particular point i am just guessing and it when you and when you are diagnosing anything you're diagnosing a crop you're diagnosing a problem with with production on your dairy cows you're diagnosing your cattle in the field you whatever it may be you're diagnosing your body all right the thing is that you have to have accurate information and you have to be able to take certain things in your mind and say well how does this interact with something else because oftentimes the, the you know the easy ones to fix are the ones that are broken in front of you all right that's always you go to the doctors oh my arm hurts oh look we got a busted arm all right broke your broke your bone all right so that, that's easy 
right but when you have something like this that's going on you have to actually eliminate things not by replacing them but by testing them and often most of the diagnostics goes on in your head so listen i want to thank you so much for tuning in and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day and i'll catch you next week bye bye a ProBox has enough seed to plant 125 acres of corn. Now, if you wanted to put 40 pounds of nitrogen on those acres, you'd need 1,200 gallons of anhydrous or 1,700 gallons of UAN or 5 tons of urea. But what if that amount of nitrogen was already on your seed? Pivot Bio is now putting nitrogen on seed. The first company to ever apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. This is a Dairy Radio Minute. It's time to delegate with Don Tyler, founder of Tyler & Associates. Delegation is important is when we hit the point where we're just overloaded and we can't do everything. And one of the real struggles for independent business owners and entrepreneurs is that, you know, they're just passionately driven to succeed regardless of the circumstances. And what they do is they continue to just keep loading themselves up with more and more responsibility. They take on more and more And if they are independent business owners and entrepreneurs, they're willing to do anything to help them succeed and to accomplish their goals. Start with something simple. Uh, Come up with the things that you you least like to do. Find somebody to do it, develop a plan and, and put it in place. That's been my experience with my clients and others. You know, if we just start small, get some practice doing it, it'll come easy and you'll actually get excited uh, about finding other things you can delegate. Tune in to Gamadi Rap each weekday morning at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and every evening at 5.30 Eastern and 4.30 Central. We'll bring you the latest market details and talk with a variety of market experts. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve and protect your bottom line. It's Commodity Rap on Rural Radio. This is Rex Allen Jr. I want to thank you for listening to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM.